everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. We're really excited today to be here. We have a very special episode of our, our independent animation showcase that we have. And uh, I, this is kind of a follow-up to what we did in January, uh, where we talked about the Puppetoon uh, movie. And we have a very special guest here. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Stanford's here. Hey, hi. Yes, and we have as our guest, uh, director, producer, and screenwriter, Arnold Leibovit. And Arnold, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks. Great to be here. Yeah. So why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our, uh, our viewers and listeners and tell us a little bit about your career and, and who you are. <laughs> uh, where do I start? Childbirth? Um, please yeah <laughs> what, what inspired you to get into an, animation and producing directing uh all of these things well i growing up uh like a lot of kids you know i was inspired by uh fantasy science fiction and fantasy um walt disney uh who i met in later years uh george powell who i also met uh, and a number of people, Ray Harryhausen, um, there were a number of key people that influenced me. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, uh, and it's sort of unbelievable that I would end up, you know, having connection and actually get to know some of these people in real life, having grown up to see, seeing their uh, projects. Um, there's so many uh, markers in my life that influenced me, but no question that Walt Disney, Cecil B. DeMille, George Powell, Ray Harryhausen uh, influenced my interest in becoming involved in, uh, in film. And, um, and I think that's really what drove me to want to make film. Um, and so that's sort of where it began. And then I started to do uh, films uh, in college I did short subjects. I did um, a number of films back then. Penny Lane is one of the more notable film I made on toy mechanical banks. Um, and uh, that was in 1975. And I um, worked on a lot of feature films. I did a lot of editing and um, work in New York on films and uh, back and forth between New York and Los Angeles. Um, I think going to UCLA was, was really helpful because it got me out to where I needed to be, to be making films and we're doing projects. Um, and, uh, I think, I think more than anything else, George Powell was the life changer for me. Um, meeting him when I was, uh, uh, living in LA, uh, I was working on a science fiction fantasy project. And uh, it was suggested that I go see George Powell. And uh, cause I didn't know he was still around at that point. And, uh, and so my friend, uh, Dan O'Bannon, who uh, wrote Alien, by the way, uh, he, he and, um, and a couple of other people had introduced me to George. They thought he would be good for my project. And that's how I met him. And that was a life-changing moment for me. I had no idea that it would turn into what became, but I think he touched me very, very strongly. And, um, and when he passed away, 
uh, a year or so later, um, it, it did uh, hit me pretty hard. And I became friends with Mrs. Powell. And um, I called her up. I was actually back in, in Miami at that point. And I said, we really should do something for George. Um, and, uh, and it was a few years later that I put together the idea of doing a film about his life. And it was called The Fantasy Film Worlds of George Powell. That was in 1985. And that was a, a somewhat of a seminal film on the career of Powell. Uh, and it introduced me to the movie industry um, in a big way because we premiered it at the Motion Picture Academy. Uh, everyone that was involved in Powell's career was, was there. And of course, as many of you may or may not know who George Powell is, he's most well known for, well, the film that's behind me as a poster, The Time Machine, uh, and uh, War of the Worlds, and films in the fantasy science fiction field uh, in, in the 1950s. And Powell was known as the father of science fiction and fantasy in modern film. And he influenced just about everybody in the movie industry. Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, mm -hmm. Peter Jackson, uh, Tim Burton, uh, anyone who's making, making films today uh, uh, and during this whole period have been influenced by Powell, uh, both in terms of his st special effects, science fiction, and his animation. So that's what made the... That's what made the connection to Powell so um, noteworthy because I had no idea the, the totality of the connection between the industry and George Powell, not realizing how influential he was and helped the careers of so many people in the movie industry, whether it was an animator like Ray Harryhausen or a friend, Walter Lance, or Walt Disney, or um, or Cecil B. DeMille, who we worked to make War of the Worlds, and When Worlds Collide, and an animation people from all the studios. It was, uh, it's just a ripple effect mm -hmm. of so many people. So that that is the most important part of this whole story. For me. You know, our uh, Arnie, it's so great to get to talk with you. We, we, we've been talking a bit, you know, over the past few months, trying to get this uh, schedule. So I'm thrilled that we finally get to to do this. And uh, what really brought us, all of us together is uh, uh, I attributed to Turner Classic Movies because I was watching a George Powell retrospective on, on TCM because I love TCM. As Rachel knows, you know, it's like my favorite, my favorite uh, uh, TV network and their channel. And uh, uh, this, um, they showed the, the Time Machine, which I've seen multiple times. And, I, you know, it's, it's a great film. And then they showed the Puppetoon movie. And I, thankfully, I recorded it on my, on my, on my DVR because, you know, Rachel has been kind enough to include me on her podcast for, for a while, particularly with this obscure animation uh, series that she does. And I just, you know, messaged her and said, Rachel, you need to come, you need to come watch this because it's just so 
interesting, you know, just because uh, I had never, I, I had never seen it. Yeah. You know, see the likes of it. And so, um, you know, Rachel, Rachel and I watched it and we put together uh, our podcast and, and then thankfully you, however you saw it, uh, Arnie, we're grateful, you know, that you, <laughs> that you came across our podcast and, I, I think you know we 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 strive for accuracy, but we 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 uh, made some 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 errors, or we uh, you know unintentionally yeah. uh, on on the podcast. And of course, Arnie, we're sorry about that. That was not <laughs> that was never our intention. No, but I think, but I'm thrilled that you would you know be willing to come on and and, and talk through some of it with yeah. with both the Papa Toon movie, and then of course we want to hear more about. Uh, your your career and, and it's some also really cool future projects that, that you've got yeah on. this but, is so. back in january and it was a little bit different than our typical episode of the podcast because uh we it was more of a uh, a instant re response kind of a thing because normally i'll watch it and then i'll get all my notes all together and then we'll talk about it but since we were watching over at stanford's house and we were together it was kind of our just we we watched it and then we recorded our response. So it was it was a little bit different than maybe our typical episodes. Uh, so that's my only excuse for maybe if we 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 were we got a few things more wrong than we might typically get wrong. So I do apologize about that. But but I'm glad that you you agreed to come on and talk with us and and uh, yes, uh, you know we love finding these uh, these independent underrated uh animated films that deserve more uh, uh deserve more attention and we try to give it to them on our, on our little podcast we do so it's really fun hey did you always have an interest in animation growing up did you oh absolutely yeah oh right from the beginning uh i think part of it is is almost the way pal of you did as well he started animation but it kind of merged with special effects the idea of and today you see that in it's it's become the star of films basically and pal was the was the pioneer in this where special effects became the the real uh, uh key moments of movies and uh, the, those techniques that are used in special effects come from animation the animation style uh stop motion animation which is what george was was really almost he didn't invent it but he certainly augmented it in a big way with his style of animation and that style of animation is is the forerunners of a lot of special effects which is a time-lapse photography frame-by-frame -frame animation which is now morphed today in cgi and all the things we see uh which are stem from a lot of the work that pal did and influenced all those people that made those films Interesting, uh, Stan mentioned TCM. The night that he recorded the Puppetoon movie on TCM, I was on TCM. Yeah, I was going to say, you were, you were on. And <laughs> I don't think we got the intro on the corner, but I saw it, you know, because I saw it live. Yeah, I, I don't think I got to share that with Rachel. But. I mean, I did, a, they invited me. I did a two, um, it was a two night or a two night or four night. We've done a lot of these. I can't remember. I've done quite a few of these at different places, but. It was basically a two-night tribute. Uh, I was on with Ben Mankiewicz, and yeah. I interviewed, I introduced 
I co-hosted four segments, basically. You were there in their Atlanta studio, weren't you, Arnie? That... I know. We, we did it in uh, Los Angeles, oh, okay. not, too, not too far from Paramount. Okay. And they have two, two locations. One is in Atlanta, and the other is in Hollywood. And a lot of people, actors, don't want to go to Atlanta, or it's closer for so them. So they've got a setup they can do it there they in have a setup. Los Angeles. Exactly. And so we did it in Los Angeles, and um, it got quite a viewership. Uh, Quite a lot of people tuned in and, and watched it. I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm I'm taken by the fact that you saw it and that you taped it, and and it's to me it's it's a remar it's remarkable really the reach that it that it is because that's the perfect place to see it, of course. Yes. And uh, I'm a huge fan of classic cinema. Yeah. Uh, and. So that, that meant a great deal to me. Um, I've also been at the festival as well. The yes, festival. in fact, I was so sad because I was hoping to get to see you at the festival this year, which uh, got canceled yeah, as, we have, as, as, as I, everything else has this year. <laughs> there will be another opportunity. Um, yes. It will, and it will definitely be with the puppetoons that we're going to be talking about uh, or other uh, feature films related to it but you know i don't know how long it's going to be they expect to have one next year but um i'm uh, not so sure yeah i, I think doubtful. it depends on vaccine yeah if we get a vaccine i think then i mean especially something like that where there's going to be a lot of seniors and you know people like that then they have to be extra careful well, and then plus they typically do it in April. And I still, I just kind of think anything first or second quarter next year. I don't know. I'm just I'm, not optimistic about it. But. I, I'm not too optimistic and none of my, Sadly, my, my yeah. friends well, are. I wish. Uh, it's, it's a big risk. Um, so how did you, how, I think you mentioned it, but just a reminder. How did you meet George Bell? I was doing a film. Uh, it was a, um, I was developing this project. It was a Jaws on Land idea that I came up with. It was a, it was a creature, a monster movie, really, and um, and it took place on land instead of in the water, and it involved special effects. It actually was the influence of uh, other films like Tremors and things like that. But I was going to use uh, stop motion animation and special effects, and it was suggested I see George. So I met him at his house in Beverly Hills, and uh, that's how we met. And uh, it was something that he, want, you know, I was proposing that he get involved in the project and he had his suggestions and, and I had said, uh, well, maybe we can get Rod Taylor to be in it. And, you know, you know, sure, we could get Rod, you know, but, you know, it was, it was, it was all, it was sort of the beginning of a, of a, of an interesting, uh, of an interesting series of conversations. Um, but he didn't live much longer, unfortunately. Yeah, you said what, uh, it was a year or so after year. you met him that yeah. he passed away. Yeah, he passed away. And it was uh, it's a bad year for me. My father, my father passed away at the beginning of the year in January, and George passed away like a couple of months after. Oh dear. And uh, uh, and it was mistake. really very sad for me. Yeah. But uh, I was able to stay in touch with Mrs. Powell, and that's sort of how it kind of developed. But things don't happen just like that. I mean, I had this idea in my head, you know, like I wanted to do something. It was it was three, uh, almost three, uh, three or four years later that I was able to actually put that project together. And then I came out to L.A. 
and I to did put it. The, okay, put that documentary together. The uh, okay, the fantasy film, the world. fantasy film world. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that showed before when you were watching TCM. Yeah, the fantasy that was film before. World was first, mm -hmm. and that that film's very important. I actually think that's the more important film uh, because it 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 covers the whole epic story of George and everything about him, and, and of course that project also has all the people and many of the people that worked with George that I got to know that starred in his movies, technical people, uh, Charlton Heston, Rod Taylor, Alan Young, uh, Tony Curtis, Janet Lee, Ray Harryhausen. There's about 35 people involved in the project that are quite notable. They were all notable people. Most of them have passed away now. And, uh, it was really a who's who of the industry. And it was quite extraordinary, really. Uh, almost, almost, almost unbelievable. It's a miracle. The whole thing is a, it's a miracle the way it all came together and all the people involved. There isn't a, there isn't a person that each, each, each individual person was as significant an influence in the in the world of film or science fiction or fantasy or special effects, each one unto themselves was as notoriety had notoriety among of all every one of them. Where you know Ray Bradbury and Robert Block and uh, all the different people. It was the it was it was almost like the whole industry. You know, it was it's, it's quite amazing, um, and that's part of the epic uh, aspects of this of this story. And the puppetoons are the kind of the, the tipping or the, the apex yes. of the stage. So yeah. Arnie, so then so your next project was was the the, the puppetoon movie, which was released in nineteen eighty seven, right? And uh, one of the things that really s struck me about it, and I think it was probably one of the many things, or one of the things that we were getting kind of wrong in our in our original podcast, which you know of course brought us together, but. Uh, was the introduction and the ending of those films were very interesting in that you did a lot of new stop motion animation for for those. Yeah. Uh, and and these were characters that 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 you you know in our, that I've learned from our conversations that we've had over the past few months that were not necessarily George Powell's creations, but they were definitely inspired right. by him. Exactly. And and so I think that's where we were where I know you know we weren't completely right about that but could you describe about the 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 beginning you know the, those bookends of the puppetoon movie and and really because there's some really cool stuff that you were able to do for that that i just again that i just don't think is as film watchers they're just just watching it there on, on tcm that we just didn't know yeah well uh i and again that was very ambitious Oh, absolutely. It was very ambitious to do that. And I, that's, that's been commented by a number of people. Most people don't do things like that. Um, I thought it was important to, to give a framework to George Powell so that people could understand kind of as you, the way I, you, you can tell I describe it, to give a context to the significance of this body of work that he did. And so, um, uh, I thought to myself, well, who's the most well-known stop-motion character even today? And it 
it has to be Gumby. I mean, Gumby is the most well-known and still is even, even now most well-known and he's not even a, an armature puppet. He's a clay puppet, but it's stop motion animation. So I called Art Clokey, who, who I became friends with, who created Gumby. And I said, uh, would it be possible if I could use Gumby to introduce uh, George in this Puppetoon movie? And of course, as the story goes with so many of the people that I talked to in the industry, this story that he told me was not un in diff different from many stories, but he said, of course. If it wasn't for the Puppetoons, I would never have created Gumby. So that's the story that goes on and on and on, the ripple effect. It's so the people that worked on Gumby ended up becoming animators on the Puppetoon movie. Peter Kleino, who animated Gumby, animated the sequence. Gene Warren Jr., who was the camera and did the, uh, the sequence direction, father, did the special effects for the time machine. The camera that we use to shoot the sequence is the same camera that was used to shoot the special effects in the time machine. Yeah, I love that. That's just the coolest thing. When you told me that, I, oh God, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, there's so many connections in the set. Now, it, it, we'll talk about this later, but there's an extra on the, um, the new Blu-ray coming out where we actually shot on the set and you can actually see the document of what was actually happening that was done by Miles Laboratories. We did Speedy Alka-Seltzer, which was one of many influenced puppets from George Powell. Was and this the only time that Gumby was in a film? or Because or, it seems like he was mostly television. He was, I could no, be they wrong did about a Gumby, that. They did a Gumby movie uh, after that. Oh, okay. it, was, it was the first, it was uh, probably the first time it was the first time it was shot in widescreen. Uh, of course, uh, Speedy Alka-Seltzer was shot in color, which had never been done before. It's a, it's a colorful puppet, but it was always black and white. And where was the puppet again, Arnie? Where, where, did, where, where was the Speedy Alka-Seltzer puppet found? Well, that's a, that was a story in itself. You know, so. <laughs> the puppet was just completely uh, lost. And Miles Laboratories made this, 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 this remarkable discovery. The puppet was found in Australia, the, uh, the series head. Because, you know, it isn't just one puppet. It's a series of puppets. That's what the George Powell technique is. It's a series of different heads, different legs, different bodies, replaced each frame of film. The remarkable story of what the, we, the series puppet that George Powell invented, which we can talk about as we go in, go further. Yes. And that's what Speedy represents. So they were thrilled. I mean, when they found out I was doing this, Miles Laboratory that, you know, that makes all these drugs like Bayer and all these things at the time, they came to uh, Hollywood and they documented this event of seeing uh, uh, Speedy being animated live time, live action in real time, I mean. And uh, the Smithsonian, was so, you know, they were so interested in this because it was a it was a historic event. They came too, so the Smithsonian and Miles was there, and it's now part of the Smithsonian Institution. The whole episode, the the, the documenting of it, uh, it's all at the Smithsonian. Now. Isn't yeah? Isn't so that Speedy puppet is 
isn't it part of the Smithsonian collection? I think I saw it. Yeah. At the at the and the the American History Museum. I think so. It was donated, yeah. It was donated to the Smithsonian, uh, and uh, so that's kind of a little piece of history that kind of you know worked its way into this. But there were a lot of other puppets used in the sequence. Uh, yeah, had, Pillsbury uh, Doughboy. Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, Pillsbury Which again, Doughboy. not a not a George Pal creation. But inspired by George Powell, George right? Pal and the animators that did uh, Pillsbury worked for George on Puppetoons. Later oh, okay. on, did, ended up doing Pillsbury Doughboy. Of course, the voice of the Pillsbury Doughboy is Paul Fries, who was the voice for Arnie the Dinosaur and all the characters in the Puppetoon movie. He also narrated the fantasy film worlds of George Powell. And adult. all right, okay. And many of you know, I'm sure your your listeners know that Paul Fries is the voice of the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion. Oh, the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, yeah. Disneyland, he's a huge voice of all the Disney films. Well, and he also is the voice of the films that George Powell made in The Time Machine, this way, The Talking Rings, um, the opening of War of the Worlds. Uh, Paul Fries was one of the great voice actors of history, and he played a big part in the Puppetoon movie. In fact, the film is dedicated to Paul. Right, the last project yeah. he did before he died. And, Which uh, was so wonderful that you got to work with him. It was an honor to have met him, and he was a remarkable man. And um, he, uh, he just gave of himself to, to, uh, freely to me. He was quite remarkable. But so many, there's so many stories of so many of these icons that were involved. Uh, the Disney Studios became involved in the project. I mean, once. Roy Disney became a friend of mine for years after this. He, he opened up the studio to me. I used their uh, Oxbury animation stand in the animation department to do a lot of the uh, photography for the fantasy film worlds. Uh, I became friends with people at the studio. Buddy Baker did the music for the Puppetoon. Yes. Movie. And you know, Buddy, was he was the composer of uh, on Zorro. Oh. Countless world of projects Disney. at Disney, right? Yeah. Every Disney project Buddy did the music for, not to mention Disneyland, mm -hmm. Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, you name it. Uh, so that was uh, quite extraordinary, uh, getting Buddy involved. The whole, the whole thing, all the different aspects of the opening sequence had all these interconnections. You had Gumby, you had Pokey, you had all these other characters. And... Um, and I, uh, I, I thought that for the average person who maybe were, wasn't familiar with the Puppetoons, uh, Gumby would be a good way to introduce them by being a bit uh, unaware. And the way I wrote it was he was just not familiar with all the connections. Now, you know, I kind of painted the picture that Arnie the Dinosaur uh, it, uh, uh, revealed to him George Powell and who he was, and uh, it's a funny, it's a funny sequence for that reason. It's fantasy, of course, but uh, I thought it was a white, an interesting way to do it. Um, so, uh, how did you decide what shorts that you were going to include in the uh, in the first film? I was restricted uh, for a number of reasons. I picked the films that were, that uh, Mrs. Powell had helped me. Uh, she had uh, all, the, all the nitrates at the time. 
um, there were rights issues with a number of the films that have now I have now overcome with this release that we're going to talk about over 35 years later. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's a life, it's a lifetime project, really. It's a, it's an epic story because at the time there were, the rights were tied up. I couldn't use all the puppetoons I wanted to. Fortunately, a number of them are in the public domain. Uh, Tubby the Tuba, John Henry and the Inky Pooh, Tulip Show Grow. Some of the Europeans aren't, but I was able to get permission to use a few of those. And so the selection was limited by a certain rights issue that I really couldn't overcome. And, uh, and it, it, it wasn't, and I was after trying to do it for many, many years to, to try to release more of the films, but the films were owned by different companies. And it, it and, and believe me, I tried over the years. I even tried with Mrs. Powell helping me to get these cleared, but I couldn't. And so it wasn't until really, honestly, until three or four years ago that Paramount became involved with the Puppetoons again. They were made by Paramount, but they lost the rights to it. And it became the rights with other companies. And it just fortuitously came back to Paramount. Came back to Paramount, okay. And at that point, I contacted Paramount and it took many, many years. And finally, the, uh, the chairman, uh, Jim Giannopoulos, who was the chairman of Paramount, uh, which was another amazing story, said I could do it. And by the way, it happened on, on the day that you saw the TCM show. Uh, Jim Giannopoulos was doing a show a sequence in the afternoon with Ben on the motion picture home for the academy, uh, the, the motion picture home, not the academy, the motion picture home for actors and people in Los Angeles. And he's a big contributor to that. And so I was able to make the connection to him because I was there doing my sequence. And then I connected <laughs> later on. And it took about a year and a half after that. And he finally said, Okay. Okay. <laughs> amazing. Isn't that amazing, Arnie? So one of the things that really struck me about the, the, the films that you included in, in, in the 1987 Puppetoon movie uh, was just uh, the cinematic nature of it. And then I was just so wowed uh, by what was going on technically, even if I couldn't necessarily understand it. I could tell that I was just watching something really special. Each each pose was getting moved. They had like separate pieces, and it, it, it really fascinated me. Could you tell us some about just you know the technical marvel <laughs> that that is these these pup, that makes up these puppetoon shorts? The um, I think I I should I, I I will let me do it this way. Uh, a lot of people uh, ask, uh, you know, how did George come up with this idea? to do replacement figures. And the answer to it was he was an animator. He used to do cell animation. This was in 1930s, 1931, 32. He was doing cell animation. And he said that he was so bored drawing uh, cells of animation. 
he was playing with a three-dimensional object. You know, let's assume this little this pen is a is a, a cigarette. He smoked. A lot of people smoke. So he, Mrs. Powell told me the story, but he was he was playing around with a cigarette in his hand, and he started to think, and he started to animate it kind of in his hand. He was kind of moving it around, right? And he came up with the idea of taking cigarettes and animating them. So he taught, oh, yeah. they were first done as cell animation. He called up the sponsor and he said, what do, you, what do you think if I use your own cigarettes? Your trademark will be on every one of them. And the, the, the sponsor loved the idea. So he started to animate cigarettes to music and to stories. He put little heads on them, <laughs> mouths so they could talk, uh. legs so they could walk. He eventually, as he explains it, he, he took the flat cartoon and turned it into three dimension. That was his invention. The idea of doing uh, a replacement figure came about where instead of just one figure, he came up with this in almost insane by today's standards, it's in, it's it would be in, it's incredulous. Where thousands, thousands of puppets were created, different heads, different legs, different bodies, and they were replaced each frame of film, just like you would do in a cell. You would move this move the animation just a little bit. So, George came up with these elaborate director sheets. And the animators, the puppetoon animators that I got to know before they passed away, told me they were unbelievable. He created the whole movie in his head before a single frame of film was shot. It would be laid out on director's sheets. Every move of the head, the eyeball, the leg, the movement, frame by frame by frame. And an animator, even a person who isn't that experienced, could actually follow his director sheets and animate without ever knowing how to animate. It was all kind of by the numbers. Uh, and it's remarkable because he did it. He had this all, as, as Ray Harryhausen explained it to me, because he, by the way, got his first job working at the Puppetoon. George hired Ray as an 18-year-old animator. He had never made done animation before. Mm. George hired Ray to do puppet tunes. And puppet tunes that I have in my next uh, release are, some of them are Ray Harryhausen uh, animated. But he would hire a person off the street to, to animate. And they would follow the numbers and they would animate these, these, uh, these figures. Mm -hmm. Because now they have 3D printers that help them with all those faces, like Leica and places like that. And to think of them, do, of them doing it all hand by hand all by is hand, pretty I know. It just boggles incredible. my mind. It's thousands Arnie, of frame, but yeah. What, yeah. Was the, what was the size of, uh, kind of an average size of, of the crew that was working, that would, that would work on a puppetoon short? Well, he had quite a large uh, studio. Uh, there were several, by the way. He, he did the Europe first. Okay. Uh, he had the largest stop-motion animation facility in Europe, the first of its kind. He was called the Walt Disney of Europe, even yeah. back in the 1930s. 
And he had about a hundred animators and craftsmen working at the studio. And when he, when he left Holland after a number of years, and some of those shorts I have in this new release too, uh, that have never been seen before, uh, he got uh, the attention of Paramount Pictures and that's how he made Puppetoons in Hollywood. And he also had a big studio, Puppetoon Studios, and there were at least that many people working in Hollywood. Uh, he had uh, all, all kinds of crew uh, and craftsmen, people, work, woodworkers and doll makers and all these amazing people from all over the world. How Pal brought in, he was a, uh, he, talk about diversity, because today diversity is such a big thing. Pal was hiring everyone at that time that nobody was doing. He had people from other countries. He had different races, different languages, different people from all over the world were working on the puppetoons. These amazing craftsmen from Europe, people from Mexico, people from all, all countries. And of course he involved, there was a lot of uh, black uh, uh, as well, uh, many black uh, performers, actors, musicians. So he, uh, George was really a forerunner of diversity and, um, and women. A lot of women worked at the Puppetoon Studios, a lot of women animators, uh, women that did uh, doll, the work with the uh, puppets, worked, at, worked in the office, worked in animation. Most people don't know that. Um, so uh, so the, the style of the Puppetoons, the series puppet, is really the kind of is George's basic big idea of being able to take a series of, of figures and animating them in a fluid way. And when you look at the Puppetoons, you see a style of animation that is unlike anything that has ever been done before. Yeah. It uh, has a fluidity to it and a style. It's so beautiful. It is, it's so beautiful, they're so cinematic. I was so impressed with the lighting and and uh, just just the set design, you know, if that's what you can call it for for uh, you know the puppet sets they're creating is just just tremendous, you know. And they are world. They were all uh, done. Uh, uh, Duke Goldstone was the supervisor of the studio. He directed a couple of the shorts, including Jasper and a Jam, which you saw in the Puppetoon movie. He was a very very dear friend of mine till he passed away, and he uh, he ended up working with George on some of his feature films. But he told me that uh, these, uh, these people came, these woodworkers and these amazing people, they would, um, they would make all the sets. The sets would be built on a miniature, it's a miniature uh, studio, studio and on the, just like we do with the Puppetoon movie. It's all a miniature set. And if you had a, a street that was maybe six feet long, it would have picket fences and sidewalks and lampposts and a house and, and windows in it. And, you know, if, if, it, if it required a, a piano, they would, they would make a piano like this big and the piano would have all the keys in it. It wasn't like today where you would just make a prop. These woodworkers, these animators, they would, they would make a full size, a piano that was this big that all the keys in it, all the strings in it, it was like literally replicating a piano. 
they they were so meticulous. That's so amazing. Yeah, that level of detail, uh, and and it just and you can just really tell, you know, when you're watching, when you're watching the shorts. Uh, what? How would you? Uh, what's your take on 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 Pal's influence on today's stop motion animation filmmakers? Did any you know? Did Henry Selick and and some of these other folks? Did they get to? Meet George. How did that work, Arnie? And how was that continu continuum of the art form? Uh, well, they all were influenced by George. No, they didn't. Oh, get yeah, to, they didn't Absolutely. get to meet George themselves. Uh, you mentioned uh, Henry Selleck, Tim Burton. Uh, I was uh, involved in an early stage because the Puppetoon movie had come out in 1987. And it was really the first time that anyone had really ever seen the Puppetoons because they had not been really generally seen for many decades and certainly not the way they're seen in the Puppetoon movie, the way they're supposed to be seen, and even more so today with the new version. So uh, a lot of these um, animators and people saw the Puppetoon movie during that period. And... Tim Burton was one and Henry Selleck was one. And so when they did Nightmare Before Christmas, as an example, uh, Disney had me there. I was at the studio when they made Nightmare Before Christmas. All the animators, when I came in, they all were like so complimentary about the Puppetoon movie because they all used it as a template for Nightmare Before Christmas. Because mm -hmm. that was a series puppet film. That was a series, yeah. you know, the first modern series puppet film that had ever been done. And so the Puppetoons absolutely were the influence of Nightmare Before Christmas, of all the Henry Selleck films yeah. you see. Claymation, uh, the fellow that did Claymation. These were all George Powell fans. Uh, Leica today, you mentioned yeah. Leica. They, they, George Powell is the influence for Leica. They all, and they, admit, they freely admit all this. So, yes, there's a, a very big connection. A really strong, strong connection. Well, all of them. we are excited to talk about your next yes. big project, which is, if, uh, if I'm getting the title right, Arnie, the Puppetoon movie, Volume 2. Yes. And tell us about this, you know, here it is. 30 plus years later, and you're able now to put together another big compilation of these films. Tell us about the, this project and, 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 and what's, how it differs, or even how it's the same from, you know, from your 1987 uh, compilation like film. It, uh, mm -hmm. of it probably would be a good idea. The trailer really shows it pretty well. It tells you what it is. Uh, well, and, it, it's all visual. It's no narration. It's just yeah, there's no, I know, that was interesting to me, Ari. And, and tell us about that decision, you know, with, with, with the trailer that you went just with, with yeah, no narration. No, it's, uh, it's like the people that, there's a core group of people, and there's a lot of them that, that have followed the Puppetoons. The people that bought the Puppetoon movie, the first one that's on Blu-ray, are the, a lot of the people that are coming on board here, and it's being followed by the animation industry very closely, uh, and the people that do these films. And so uh, words are really not necessary. It's not for the average person. In most cases, the Puppetoons have a niche. It's an audience that knows them. How wide it goes, I don't know. But uh, 
I think it speaks for itself in terms of the animation, and that's uh, part of the idea of it. Um, you asked me how it happened, and well, over the past 30 years, I've been trying to put together more puppet tunes. And so uh, over the course of, say, the last five to 10 years, some of these European subjects started turning up. Um, and, uh, and that's when I realized, well, this would be nice. Uh, they haven't been seen. And I was able to get original negatives, uh, or at least nitrate prints on some of those films. Oh, wow. And they came out of Europe. Some of these had never been seen before. And I, I searched archives around the world, the British Film Institute. I actually came up with some amazing discoveries of films that had never been seen since the 1930s. And they were original negatives. They didn't even know they had them. And uh, it was quite an archaeological film find to be able to do this. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and then the Paramount films became available. Uh, and when the Paramount films became available, that was a breakthrough because then I could go back to the original negatives. Paramount has them. All the original successive negatives of the puppet tunes exist in vaults. And so for a number of them, we actually went back to the original successive three strip technicolor negatives and scanned them. So the quality of them are the uh, are incom incomparable because yeah. it's like looking at it's like looking at them as glass. It's like yes. so perfect. There is an um, it, when you see them in the puppetry movie, a number of them, they look like they were just made yesterday, and the Technicolor quality because they were shot in Technicolor, the color and the clarity is mind-boggling. I was and, really impressed with that in the trailer. I just thought, I just, you know, the clarity, as you mentioned, and, and, and uh, it just looked like such beautiful prints you were able to, you know, how we did it. So what, what kind of, what was the average condition of, of, of these, Arnie? I mean, did, or maybe, they, maybe best or worse or something. <laughs> I'm not sure the best way to ask that question, but it's just the, the condition of the prints. That you did were you have to find. restore any of them? Yeah, they were all restored. The, okay. uh, all the 35, they were 35 millimeter nitrate uh, prints that I, many of them came from Europe and they were scanned in Europe. Okay. Some of them came from the Library of Congress here in the United States. And all the ones that I use for the film are mint condition nitrate prints. Uh, so they're almost flawless in most respects. The ones from Paramount that are the negatives are, uh, it's the words can't even describe how gorgeous they are and we have a number of them and you will see them uh they've never been seen this way not even when they were first shown in movie theaters and you all you do oh, all, yeah. all realize these were shown in movie theaters with films in the 1940s and it was a big deal when the puppet tune came on a screen in 1941 two three four whatever the audience applauded because they were waiting for puppet tunes. You have to remember, no one had ever seen anything like it in the in the country. You had animation, and then suddenly it's stop motion animation in three dimension for the and audience. Technicolor. <laughs> Technicolor. It was a revelation yeah. in 1940s. No one ever saw anything like this. Today, it's more common because you have CGI and all that's happened. It wasn't like that in 1940. But by comparison, these are better 
than anything done today. No oh, comparison. That's, that's so. better, flat out better than anything you can compare to today, which is so remarkable. What special features, if if you could share, that have you added to this Blu-ray set? Well, aside from uh, eighteen, it's got eighteen uh, restored puppetoons. Okay. In high definition, uh, and in addition, there's some extras. Uh, there's a there's a twenty-two minute uh, all puppetoon film that pal made for the shell oil company that's never been seen before that's been going to be included here and a lot of people have been asked about this film for years and i was able to find it it was another one of these unbelievable discoveries it's just one discovery after the other um alibaba and the 40 thieves i think we mentioned yes you and i talked about that on the phone from 1935 and that's never been seen it's from it's probably some of the greatest stop motion animation ever done um, and then there's some extras. Uh, uh, my two interviews with Joe Dante's uh, Trailers from Hell are there. The Miles one, the thing with Speedy is on there. Uh, there's a Puppetoon movie montage I put together, which is sort of a history of PAL and pictures and, and visuals like the trailer. And there's also full production credit, Crawl. Uh, plus we have donors, you know, a lot of, don a lot of people contributed Without their help, it would never be fully possible to make the project happen. And I give credit to every donor of the film uh, who contributed to the film, and it's a long list in the credits. So the, the credit call is very important because it's a historical document. It lists yeah. all the animators that worked on the puppetoons, the original puppetoons, all the musicians, the music that was used. Uh, it has all the, it's almost a scholarly work because it has the whole history there. So that was very important. It's also a booklet. There's liner notes that I wrote. It's quite, a, again, quite involved, detailed for the very first time. The voice actors, the production company, all the detail of every puppetoon has been researched. So it's all laid out for the first time. So it's, it's for future generations to be able to use this so in a way, it's an educational, uh, has great educational value for schools, for animation schools and everywhere. So That's that, great. Yeah. Arnie, where, tell us about where uh, our listeners can pre-order a copy of it and tell us a little bit more about maybe your, your release plans for this, for this new Yeah, when's it available? Well, it's going to be, uh, my hope is December is the time it'll be uh, released. And uh, it's going to be easy for people to find it because it's puppetoon.net. So uh, it's easy. You just put puppetoon.net in your browser. It'll take you right to the page. And you can pre-order. I was looking at it today. Yeah. Right there. And it's as easy as could be. Um, and it's up now. And there have been quite a few uh, people have come to it so far. I'm actually somewhat surprised because I haven't really discussed it. Uh, I just, I put it on, I had put it, the trailer up on YouTube, not so much to promote it, but I was trying to get the connectivity to the page. I had some some technical issues I had to deal with and I just put it up there, but you know, what are you going to do? You put it on YouTube. What do you expect? I mean, <laughs> suddenly the whole world knows about it. Yeah. So it's, I'm really excited. I'm, I mean, it's gotten like, uh, 
a couple of, I mean, it looks like a thousand, fifteen hundred hits in only four or five days. And, uh, you know, people are finding it somehow. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, mm -hmm. I, I hope they come. I hope more people will come to see it. Yeah. So you want to watch the trailer together? Yeah. Yeah. Let's watch All right. It. Let's do it. just so wowed by the clarity and 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 uh the just the vivid colors and and it just really looks beautiful Arnie. i'm really excited i just wanted to let our audio listeners know we'll put a link down if people want to you just heard the music so uh but uh, if you want to uh watch the trailer we'll have a link in so that you can watch it while you're uh, while you're listening to the podcast. Oh, thank Sorry, you. But, but go ahead. I was going to say that uh, a lot of people asked me about Bugs Bunny in it. Yes, I, was, I wanted to ask you about Bugs Bunny. <laughs> uh, it's the first time Bugs was loaned to a studio outside of Warner Brothers, and he appeared in only a couple of things throughout the uh, decades. Uh, the only time he really appeared with live action and animation was Roger Rabbit. Before then, he was mostly animated in a couple of appearances, but this is the first time he was ever used. It's ever been allowed. And Bugs is in the sequence in Jasper Goes Hunting. Uh, and it's the first time it was ever animated with stop motion. So it's stop motion animated and Bugs Bunny at the same time. And so that's gotten the attention of a huge swath of the animation world. Oh, yeah. Because they're seeing this for the first time. That's such a yeah, unique. 
that's big. And the other thing is Superman. Uh, oh, yeah. Used, uh, got the permission of DC Comics uh, during the time uh, when the Fleischer Supermans were being done. And this is the first use of Superman, again, outside of DC Comics, uh, which rarely ever happened. And uh, Punchy is in a Superman outfit and he flies and he does the whole thing with the bullet and the train and the oh, whole okay. deal. Okay. So yeah. So that's a couple of little interesting uh, uh, star turn moments. Some things to look forward to. <laughs> we finally get to uh, get to watch get to watch it. Are there any other distribution plans for an Arnie, or has COVID kind of shut down some <laughs> you know some of the stuff that you maybe had planned to do? Well, you're right. I was on the phone with. Um, uh, Jerry Beck, who has cartoon research, yes, well known. Jerry's been a, a friend of mine for almost as long as I've been making these films, and uh, he uh, he we discussed this. You know, obviously it has a lot of application in a lot of settings that we could show these films, universities, TCM, oh yeah, uh, the, the different different cinematechs. The Museum of Modern Art has been wanting to do this for a long time. Oh, yeah. But now, with the virus, I would, you, you and I know the situation. Uh, it's going to take some time. So if, it's not a problem. The Puppetoons have been around for 100 years, and they'll be <laughs> around for another 100 years. That's and, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not yeah. going to matter. They'll be around, and people will be just as interested in it uh, five years from now as, as, as 25 years ago. So there'll be a time and a place where we'll be able to do some really great things. And I would love to be there. I'd love to do it. If I'm uh, well and I can do it, I'd love to do it. Um, so for now we're doing it remotely. Yeah. You know, do you have, uh, like social media for it or anything like that? Do you want to share? Uh, well, I, the only social media I have is a Facebook support group. Okay. So you, I can give you that link. It's a support cartoon movie on Facebook. I've got about 1500 members. Uh, there's a puppetoon movie too on Facebook also. I haven't okay. been posting yet. I haven't even posted the trailer on that page yet. I posted it on Great. the support page, uh, but I will post it. But yes, any, um, I, um, I'm, I'm, be thrilled if you, uh, both of you, were to uh, utilize social media in any way to yeah. uh, to get the word out because uh, I'm not as not as technically savvy as as many of you are. Yeah. And you we can do that, no problem. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This yes, was really Arnie, fun. Thank you so much for all of your time and yes for this wonderful labor of love that you have uh you know that you put together we're really excited about it i really appreciate you stan in particular uh, not not in deference to rachel i haven't <laughs> understand been, been talking to stan and uh, i'm so impressed by your your enthusiasm and uh your interest uh both of you i really am i'm very impressed by both of you uh it's uh it's a great you're, you're a great asset to the uh, to the animation community, and uh, I really uh, I really think uh, we'll we'll go far. 
I think both of you will go far. Well, thank you. That's oh, thank very, you. very nice. That's so kind of you. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll have all the information for everything for the trailer, for everything uh, to learn more in the description section. And uh, Stanford, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie blog and podcast at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. Also check me out over at rotoscopers.com where, we, where I'll definitely try to do something over there with, with all this, maybe do a DVD review or something like that uh, when it comes out. Uh, and uh, that's where you can get all of your a- animation addicts coverage over there at Rotoscopers. So lots of good stuff. Thank you again, Arnie. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Arnie. And uh, hopefully you, maybe Arnie. we can catch up again another time. Yeah, let's, we'll do it again as we progress. It'd be yes. great. Oh, absolutely. God bless right, you. Let us know your questions down below and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.